Hey everyone, welcome back for episode six of Advanced Performance Radio. As usual, I've been slack with getting these uploaded, so my apologies. On today's episode, we have Peter Miller from Condition Nutrition. Pete is a sports nutritionist who works predominantly with combat sports athletes, helping them improve performance and also making weight for fights. We hope you enjoy today's episode and don't forget to give us a follow and a share. All right, and we're recording. How you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How's, how's things? Good, good. Uh, coming out of COVID, or having COVID, whole family having COVID, so. Um, yeah, I was the same. I, I've, I've still got, like, the, the, the lasting effects. I've still got a cough and a running nose. It's so annoying. Yeah. It's been, like, two weeks. Oh. We, were, we were kind of lucky in the sense that um, <laughs> only my wife really got it bad. Well, not not bad, bad, but like the worst out of a lot of us. And then, um, yeah, because my mum's got COPD, so we're a little bit worried about her getting it. Oh. My youngest one, same thing again. Um, a little bit concerned, <clears throat> but we'll kick it off, man. Um, so if you want to introduce yourself and just basically give us a little bit of rundown on who you are and what you do. Yeah, cool. So I'm Peter Miller. I own a company called Condition Nutrition. So I'm based in Perth. Um, as you can tell, I'm not actually Australian. I'm, I'm from Liverpool originally. So my majority of my work is with combat sport athletes. So doing fight camp nutrition, either, you know, out of fight camp too, all the weight cutting, um, yeah, and that kind of thing. So I've got guys, you know, Muay Thai, boxing, MMA, got a couple of guys in the UFC. And um, yeah, so doing doing that kind of work, which is uh, no no days the same. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a growing area as well. So it's really exciting. Yeah. sort of space to be in at the moment it, de- it definitely is like obviously i think um obviously my background's combat sports as well um and coming from the old uh don't eat carbs because you can make you fat stage to where it is now it's come yeah. a long way um especially obviously america yeah, i'm sure you can vouch this is that america and europe and uk and stuff are a lot further ahead than australia at the moment in terms of obviously application of i guess evidence-based practices with that sort of thing but um yeah it's definitely come a long way man and like obviously seeing people like yourself and like jordan sullivan and stuff like doing what needs to be done um rather than what's been done for the past like 30 40 50 years in martial arts um, it's good to see it come as far as it has, and like because you're currently in the UK, UK or are you in Dubai? No, I'm 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 back in my hometown in, in Liverpool at the moment. So yeah, yeah I've, just, I've just done a I've just done a show at the weekend in London, Muay Thai Grand Prix, which they have yeah. they actually have they have a show in in Australia as well. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> in Perth as well. So uh, yeah, and just had that in the weekend and the busy. Busy weekend, lads. Well, originally I was meant to have eight guys swaying in, then it got cut down to six, and then mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it was a pretty pretty action packed weekend. But yeah, yeah it's, uh, as you said, it's like no 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 uh, no no weekend or week cuts ever the same. So it's uh, oh yeah for yeah, sure it makes, it interest- makes it interesting. How did you break? How did you? Because you're if you're trying to give people a bit of a run on what your qualifications are, sort of how you started in the nutrition field. So my my journey is. Is, is quite long to be honest. So I, I originally I started off when I was like a teenager as a plumber. I didn't let left school with no no grades, and yeah. I'd always loved sports. And then I got to the point where I was like, I really wanted to get into to do. I, I didn't really think of like sports science. I just wanted to do something with sports. So I, I resat all me 
called GCSEs. I don't know what it's actually yep. called in Australia. And I did resat them and then I went to college and then went went to uni when I was about 21, did a sports science degree. And then when I started doing sports science, it was, I sort of picked it randomly, sort of like, oh, I'll just pick sports science. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. And then yeah, like fucking hell, it's, it was really hard, bio, biomechanics, psychology, physiology. And then the first year was really hard. And then I got really good grades. And after the first year, I was like, oh, I'm actually not too bad at doing it. Like the physiology yeah. side of it. Biomechanics, absolutely shocking. Terrible. But I thought, okay, yeah, I'm all right to this. And then, yeah, just, just went from that. And then did a master's in um, sports nutrition. And then I did a postgrad diploma, the IO, IOPN, yep. Um, yeah. In nutrition, and yeah, so I, I set up condition nutrition about five years ago. I wanted to, you know, work with athletes. I thought, it'd be, yeah, sweet to get the ball rolling. And then for like two, three years, I was just getting absolutely nowhere. Like a bit yeah. naive in terms of like you're setting up a business, you think it's going to be well, not necessarily like easy, but you think it's going to be. I, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose like it's also sort of going to like come together. And like it took it took years, and it it went from like. I'd always been around like the combat sports space, like my friends fought. I, I did a little bit of jiu-jitsu and boxing when I was younger. And then yeah. I remember putting something on my page about um something about weight cutting. And then someone messaged me saying, Oh, do you do weight cuts for guys? And I had done in the past, um, but not I hadn't done a lot. And I was like, Yeah, um, I can help you out. And then it just went from like working one person, then it just yeah, it was crazy, it just spiraled and like within the past, like the past year, it's been absolutely like crazy where it's gone from like, you know, working with a few guys and now I've got like guys in like like the top of the game. And it's like, yeah, I'm quite I'm quite lucky in, in, into being that space, but it's taken a long, long time yeah. to like sort of get, get up and running. I, I definitely think since when I, when I first started following your page and we first started interacting, it was mainly recipes for a while. Yeah. And then like yeah, now it's it is, like, yeah. Even in, I've seen it evolve so quickly, obviously, from what you're doing. And I think it is, I think fighters, very, they're very clicky. Um, yeah. They're almost like CrossFitters in a sense, um, in that once someone sort of comes into that environment and then obviously is shown to like better help, then you, you, you're, yeah. you're in like Flynn sort of thing. Like, you know, once you're, you're yeah. staying there for a while, and I think it is like I know I was doing um, a bit of nutrition stuff in one of the MMA gyms in our area. And it, it's, I think a lot of gyms now and a lot of fighters are sort of looking for that, um, I guess, next step. Obviously, they're taking their conditioning really seriously and they're taking their, like, yeah. I mean, their, their pad work and their sparring and their recovery. And obviously, they're, they're spending a lot more time going to, like, physios and chiros and things like that. But then there's, like, you would think nutrition would be the first cornerstone they're trying to achieve. But, like, obviously, I think it's that fear of uh, martial artists of, oh, I can't eat that much food because it's going to make me fat or I, mean, I can't yeah. eat carbs because it's going to make me slow or, you know what I mean? Um, like really dangerous stuff in terms of weight cutting. Like there's there's so much out there. Like I'm not sure if you heard about that girl from WA um, who her first weight cut was handled by the gym as far as I'm aware. Is that was, the, the girl who, who, who passed away? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was just about a year or so before I, I moved to WA. Yeah, so from what I understand, her first weight cut was handled by the gym and obviously they started the cut like a substantial amount of time out and yeah. everything was obviously like there was not really any sort of um, extensive weight to lose in the last period of the cut. 
And then the second one, she's like, oh, I'm going to handle it herself. And this is me purely just repeating what I've heard. I'm not going to say it's 100% accurate because obviously there's yeah. someone lost their life in the case of it. But <laughs> apparently this person left their weight cut until the last minute and tried dropping like eight to 10 kilos in like the last eight to nine days of yeah. cut. Doing like, the, obviously the, the old school like sweatsuit, yada, yada, yada. And then in turn, obviously this poor girl uh, lost her life because of it. And I think... Um, <laughs> MMA and jiu-jitsu tend to be a little bit more um, modern in terms of their approach of things like this because obviously they are a yeah. modern sport in terms of like world-level competing um, and then you've got like boxing and Muay Thai that are just really, really old school like um, yeah. I remember uh, Jordan Sullivan come over and did a uh, talk in um, WA for the WA Combat Association. You're dying on me. Look <laughs> up. Sorry, this coffin. Bloody COVID. Take one over. Sorry about that. So we're back now after Pete's coughing fit and nearly dying on the process. Um, but yeah, I think, and I, th- I think with sort of the jiu-jitsu and like obviously all the newer guys um uh it's trying to it's branching out but like i would definitely be comfortable in saying that boxing is probably the worst in terms yeah. of um obviously like of, of, of weight cuts like just from what i've experienced and obviously looking at like the um the evidence of like when people have had um obviously uh like deaths or um extreme weight cuts like i know jose aldo used to really push the limit with his weight cuts that obviously being mma but like um there seems to be a lot more like cases of like cte and all these sort of things like leading to from boxing specifically um because it was because it's the most old school it's the it's the oldest running um i guess combat sport on, on that level um and then yeah it's progressed to now like do you did you find when you started branching out into this, obviously, like you had, do you have fighters approaching you or gyms approaching you? Like, what, what was the difference there? Um, mainly, it's mainly fighters. I've, I've found a little, not necessarily now. I don't know if that's down to um, talking like I used to have a bit of resistance from gyms, but I don't know if that's down to maybe when I first started, I was sort of a bit unknown. Maybe now when people sound a bit, I don't know. Like, don't sound like you know, but like maybe when Jim see my page now and see who I work with, a bit more reluctant, then a bit more um, open to yeah. talk and and, and 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 like hear about the ideas of why we do what we do and stuff like that. But at first, like I remember <clears throat> some guy's coach messaged me, right? Like he was working with me and he was on target where, where we wanted to be a couple of weeks out. And his coach just messaged me, started being really aggressive, like. He should be this way. He should be losing X amount a week. Like, what? What are you doing? You're not doing your job properly. I was just like, like, whoa! Like, and like, he should be doing. He should be going keto. And like, he was just, he just absolutely just hammered me for like, and I'm just like, look, like this is this is this is the part sense of all the data and stuff. But like, I can understand why, like, a lot of old school coaching resistance to change because like, they've done it their way. They've made the weight. They've done all. I've, I remember yeah. a quote. Oh, I've done over hundred weight cuts, guys. Yeah, you've probably done that, but have you done it the best way possible? Yeah. Probably not. 
but it's sort of that old school mentality like oh it's like a <clears throat> it's a bit like a badge of honor like all oh, these guys yeah, watch yeah. Like, yeah, yeah and it's like it doesn't have to be like that but i think i think as you said like <clears throat> it's growing the area now and there's a lot more research coming out and there's people in this space where you know you, you compare like mma to say afl or soccer afl teams got strength conditioning coach you've got nutrition you've got a whole team around them with an mma fighter a lot of the time it's just the coach they haven't got any sort of other support network and now like with the power of social media as well people can work with me from the other side of the world because there's that sort of connection now where back in the day there wasn't that you're in like you know you um you probably know yourself like for social media and Perth, there probably wouldn't be many people around no, doing no. any reports. Yeah. like, oh, it's just the coach who does it. I, I definitely remember, like, obviously, when I first started doing like Muay Thai at, like, I don't know, what, 13, 14, something like that. And, like, obviously, the guys in our gym that have been training for quite a while. And there was quite a lot of, like, I guess, high level fighters, like Pan Pacific women's champion, like lightweight Australian men's champion, heavyweight Australian men's champion, sort of thing. And not once, like, did you ever hear of, like, okay, we're bringing someone in to handle a weight cut or we've got a nutrition specialist or whatever the case was. And, like, I know that um, the gym that I was doing some work for in terms of, obviously, did a few weight cuts for them. Um, and at first, I remember when I approached the gym because I, I, tra- I trained there for a while. Yeah. We were training there for a while. And I said, hey, look, like, is, is, is anyone handling the nutrition side of things for your guys who are competing in, in, in combat sports, like obviously you move titles, you jits and you can so like, no, no one's no one is. And um, to be totally honest, I was expecting like an almost like a like fuck off, we don't we don't need your help sort of thing. Yeah. Just because that's just the general experience that I've had with some uh, martial arts gyms over the years, not saying from me, me approaching, but just they're just a general approach to nutrition. And this gym in particular was like, look, like we'd really like someone to come on board and obviously like and help in that sense or educate in that sense, which yeah. was, I guess, being a multifaceted gym in terms of boxing, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, MMA. Um, and I remember the first sort of like, I guess, session I did for the gym, obviously on education, on nutrition, flight sports. And they were, everyone sat down from like the kickboxing coach to the boxing coach to the jiu-jitsu coach and, and, and listened. And obviously um, that was, I guess, a positive thing. But I can definitely see how um, a lot of coaches specifically would be resistance because you're essentially, you're, I guess, to be seen fucking with the magic formula that they've been working yeah. with for however many years. And um, I've lost track of the amount of people I've heard that are fighting who have been told to do keto. Yeah. Oh. Like, like it's, and in that sense, on that topic specifically, like, can you explain why? low carbohydrate dieting isn't efficient for fighters in particular without going into like to like biochemistry like high intensity exercise is, is fueled by carbohydrates so when you when you limit carbohydrate there's an enzyme called pdh mm-hmm. so that activity that's sort of like the master regulator of carbohydrate metabolism so when you lower when you adopt like a low carb ketogenic diet PDH activity is is reduced. So then that you perform them high intensities, you can't you can't actually get to them levels. So the way I the analogy I use is like, <clears throat> say you've got a Formula One car and you put unleaded ninety one on a Formula One car, it's gonna go, but it's gonna it's gonna run out of fuel pretty quickly. Yep. So yep. doing that over the long term, you're just not gonna be able to 
like hit them high power outputs. Yeah. And <clears throat> it's crazy the amount of like, as you said, the amount of people who like say, oh, ketogenic diet. Oh, but he he's losing X amount of weight a week. It's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's the water association with having carbohydrates in yeah. your system. So you are going to naturally lose weight. Yeah. But performance wise, it's like, it, it's just like, yeah, I think it's like the worst thing. But like you get, you get very, like I, I put a post out a couple of, couple of months ago about ketogenic diet and like the amount of comments I was getting off people you like oh yeah they definitely on that and like this sounds really bad but like not really bad but like someone be like oh work for me I did this and then you then you look at the guy and say like, okay he were he's at a lower level lower level fighter you know white collar kind of event it's like look if you all want to perform at the top level UFC boxing they're not doing them diets. Yeah. <laughs> the UFCPI is not advocating a ketogenic diet, you yeah. know. So you can you can do it, you can make the weight, but are you really going to perform at that, you know, that one, two percent where at that elite level with the difference between winning and losing? It's yeah. not, it's not the diet going forward. Yeah, I think uh, obviously, especially like for out of out of fight camp, obviously you want, we want to be aiming for more of that like optimal energy availability so that yeah. you push the pace. Uh, off season, because that's where I guess predominant amount of the skill set is built up is when they're not getting ready for a fight. Yeah, but it, it is like I've had people come into my office, obviously who are in combat sports, to have a chat about obviously the possibility of working with nutrition. I sort of explain like, okay, so this is what we need to um, be doing in order to make you perform better, and they're like, oh, but carbs going to make me slow. And you're like, okay, well, no, they're not. It, it's it's usually the case of like, I mean, as you were saying before, our energy systems specifically for um, high output stuff is, is carbohydrates. I mean, it's how that's yeah. what energy systems needed. And then when you, um, fats as fuel are only good when you're working in like 50% capacity. Like when you just- Yeah, when, when, like for example, if, they, if someone was doing like a, a low intensity run in the morning, I wouldn't say, yeah, go and have a big bowl of porridge before. Cause there's- yeah. You know, it's not really needed, but then if you've got a really high sparring session in the evening, you yeah. want to be having some carbohydrates beforehand to yeah. fuel them session. It's a sort of manipulating it, but like yeah. the whole sort of blanket statement, like ketogenic diet or like high carb, it's sort of got to be tailored around to the individual. But um, yeah, it, like even like just in, in general, like nutrition, like just the general population, there's so many people who are like they're so strongly like for you know ketogenic diet, and yeah. like. I, I say to people like, look, I'm not like a carb hat. Like, I'm yeah. I'm not in one corner. I I look at it. I want the fighter to perform at the best level they can yeah. be. So whatever diet that's gonna do, if yeah. Keaton that was that diet that did it, I'd advocate that. But it's not. So it's like, yeah, people just get really like, really offended and really like, oh, how how dare you say that? Like, I've done this. It's worked. And but you know you're gonna get that. It's it, that's never going to stop. It, the kids are that's still going to be around in 10 years' time. People are still going to be talking about it. It's just, yeah, it's always part and parcel of the, the nutrition I, game. It is, it's just, you know, it just encompasses nutrition as a nutshell. That people become like zealots for like certain methods yeah. of dieting. And no matter how much evidence you show them outside of that sort of, I guess, um, thought process, they still won't change because oh, it worked for me, yeah. And, and I mean, using anecdotal. <laughs> Um, yeah, like like one size fits all. Yeah, it's done for me. Then it can work. Like you probably know yourself, like the like the, the 
PT game where like yeah. you see people online like oh like you should be doing X, X this this and this and then you know could it work for me and there's a picture of them with the tops off like I don't I like it's not gonna work for everyone it's not gonna work for everyone it's the same it's the same with like this, this sort of game as well where like not everyone's gonna you know I know guys like some guys don't like having carbohydrates before they sleep that's just what they, they just don't like yeah. having it but then some yeah. like like the halo ice cream before they go to bed it's just like yeah. you just gotta everyone everyone's different do you, do you find obviously working with fighters it, ta- it takes a while um i would imagine working with the fighters that you're working with especially at the level that you're working you need um that sort of data feedback from clients quite um well in order to obviously make them make weight um effectively did you find it took a while to get people sort of get their head around the concept obviously got to give you the right information back so you can do your job properly yeah i find as well i try and make it as simple as possible like i know guys who work in my space and i see them on social i'm like you've got charts and they send the chart to clients like i know from personal experience like sometimes you just got to make it as simple as possible there's your plan log your weight energy levels see what your weight is each week we tweak it around like that and then I just find sometimes too much data just overwhelms, oh, sure. overwhelms guys. And like, they don't want that. They, they, they just want, what can I eat? Yeah. How much weight am I going to be losing a week? Where am I going to be a fight week? And what we've got, how, as long as I'm feeling good and I'm losing yeah. weight, that's all he wants. There's obviously a lot of guys who are, some of them are very number orientated and you've got to, you know, yeah. you know, to tell them the numbers and they, they need a bit more explanation. But I, I find the majority are just like, right, just, what what can I eat? And where where how much weight should we use in a week? And like and, and it is about I think it's at the end of the day, your predominant client base are people who punch people in the head for a living. Yeah. Yeah, they, and, they don't and, want to know about like yeah, you know, what, what percentage of this and you know, we 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 log this and like compare this to last week. That like because I, I on my on on my um software I use, I I I have like a habit tracker that I, I try and encourage guys to mm-hmm. to log and stuff. I'd say 90% of them don't even bother with it. Like it's just empty. It's just like they don't they, they don't want to do it. It's like they're happy with just getting the meals, having the chat, yeah, weekly checking, and they're all right with that. And like that, that that's fine. Like uh, I think sometimes yeah, I said like too much information can just like overwhelm people and be like, yo, what does it even mean? I would definitely say if like obviously people at the level that you're working with, there's there's so many moving parts as it is, e.g. like recovery. Man, yeah. pad work, sparring, um, conditioning, all this sort of shit. If we add in too many more moving parts, yeah, the, the wheels are going to fall off, and it just doesn't. It doesn't become. I, I guess it it, I, it, re- it reinforces that fear that some fighters have of dealing with nutrition in the first place because they think it's yeah. complicated. And the worst thing you can do is make it then complicated. Yeah. So I think it is is keeping things simple. I think as well, like when I start off with guys. I always have some like baseline assessments to try and get them off and um, try and get them anyway to do like body fat assessment, try and get some blood work. Yeah. And then just getting that, that's sort of a big part of my data that I need anyway to start off a plan. Mm-hmm. And as you said, they've got the strength and conditioning stuff, the recovery stuff. They've sort of got that in place anyway. Yeah. And they tell me what they're doing beforehand. So you can just tailor it around that. Yeah. And I'm lucky with Perth as well. You know, I work with Jack Della and like, We've got links with the university, so when he's in a fight camp, we we've got the option of going to the uni and speaking to people who are a lot more educated than me, and they can run down yeah. all the physiology data and stuff like that. And like, 
really getting some good things to work on. Yeah. And like it's good having that network with people. Oh, for Obviously, sure. having like it in Perth, I've got that, but not not anywhere else. But it's good to know that, like, okay, like they're sending me some data. What what does this mean? You've got the you've got the the luxury of like meshing um, Dr. Oliver Barley and you and say, what, what what does this mean? How can we translate this into his nutrition plan? And it's sort yep. of like branching out and, and and knowing that my job, the, there's other areas that I'm not you know, an expert in that I can sort of message people yeah. and reach out to. I, I definitely think it is. It's like at the end of the day, like we've got our sort of scope and our set skill level. And then outside of that, yeah. you do need like, it might be an endocrinologist, might be a physiotherapist, might be biomechanics <clears throat> specialist, might be whatever yeah. the case is. But like with that, having that, that uh, like you said, that network, um, you know what I mean? Because there's it it always going to be people smarter than us. Um, well, the thing is as well, like, I, I, I open if, if I don't know if a guy or a fighter comes to me with a question I don't know the answer to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to turn around and, and, and wing it. I'm going to be honest or and try and find out off another source because, like, like even like, as a nutritionist, you, you don't you, you don't know every, every little no. fine detail of nutrition. There's going to be things that you're not sure about. And yep. yeah, it's good to network with other people who are better in that area, you know more than that area. I, th- I think as well, and like I think with nearly every client over however many years I've been coaching people for, where I've said, "Hey, look, I don't know, but I'm gonna f- I'll speak to someone who does know." Yeah. Um, not once has anyone come back and said, "Oh, well, you should know that." Like, right, right and carry yeah. on. But there's always been a positive response because they're like, they can appreciate the fact that you don't you don't know because no one knows everything, and then you can find someone obviously create that network so that person then gets the right information at the end of the day. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a skill set that I think any sort of coach in any um, facet should have is because obviously yeah. they can, um, essentially do do the best thing for the client at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's nothing worse than, um, and I had years and years and years ago, I had a coach and I asked him a question and I'd read a fair bit. Like I'd read some research papers on it. So I had a fairly decent understanding, but I just wanted some clarification and he's just winged it and tried to bullshit me. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's, that's when you finally realize like, shit, like this guy doesn't actually know what the fuck he's talking about. And then it reflects really badly because I was like, no, man, I'm going to do my own thing now because yeah. you know, obviously you don't, you don't know what you're doing sort of thing. So, but um, in terms of like, obviously like, I think it's obviously with the supplement industry being as big as it is, um, and I think a lot of fighters get right into the whole like BCAs and fucking all that sort of shit. What would you say are the ones that are going to have like obviously evidence-based results um, for a fighter? Well, I try, and, I, I try and keep my supplements down into like three sorts of sections where and I, I try and keep it as small as possible. So, you know, protein pad, like whey protein. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, good to hit them protein targets. Mm-hmm. Creatine, because, you know, it helps a high intensity performance. Betalanine as well. That's also a strong research based. Um, actually, did quite a lot of work on betalanine when I was in when I was in uni. So it acts as like a buffer, so to stop the quote build up of lactic acid in your in your muscles, help yep. delay fatigue, perform a little bit longer and high intensity exercise. And then I break that down. That's performance. And then carbohydrate supplements like your gels mm-hmm. or your sports drinks, electrolyte powder to replace. Um, Electrolyte losses um, post training, 
And then with health, it's really like, see, I'm not, I'm not a big advocate of like the multivitamins because yeah, a lot of the yeah, time yeah. you just, you just, you just piss them out. Yeah. So fish oils have got quite like quite a strong <clears throat> research in terms of anti-inflammatory properties and even like cognitive function, which as a fighter, you know, yeah, function is important. So I, I really try and keep it as simple as possible. And it's like it's it's crazy this when you when I speak to guys and like what supplements you're taking and take like this big long list. And I'll be honest, like sometimes like I haven't heard of some of these, like I don't even know what they are. And then I've had to go back and like look and go like where's this for? And then you look at the prices of them, like you've paid like hundred dollars or something, which has like got like absolutely no research on it at all, but they're getting pushed to use it by, and that going to sort of the uh, segue in terms of a lot of these guys getting sponsored by supplement companies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're getting given all these brands and then they have to make an agreement. So I'll give you, I've got a guy who I was helping on the weekend he he was telling me he's sponsored by supplement company. He has to post like something like five posts or like stories a week of him like with this supplement. He doesn't take half of them, but he has to do it because that's part of like what what they have to do. And like, yeah, it's yeah. There's so many like supplements these guys take, and it's like they do absolutely fuck all. Like with the BCAs, it's like I always see that meme where like it's like with the guys like washing his cars. Yeah, he's the one with the guys in the swimming pool and he's tipping the water over his head, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I always see like them ones, and it's the same with like what I talk about with plans. Try and make it as simple as possible. Like, if look, if you can't get your protein, you can't get enough protein in your diet, you don't fight by your protein, mm. cool. but a lot, a lot of the time, a lot of my guys don't even don't even use protein rather because they're getting it, yeah, they're getting that. They intake through the food anyway. That's only if they if they really need to. And then <clears throat> a lot of guys are a bit worried about creatine, you know, taking it in the water associated water yeah. retention. But if someone had someone was like six weeks out and then he wanted to start taking creatine, I probably wouldn't recommend them taking yeah. it. But if they were habitually taking it and they say, Oh, when should I stop taking creatine? I say you don't really you don't really need to stop. There's, yeah. there's associated water retention, but that sort of levels out. And if you're really concerned about that little water so association with the creatine for the for your weight cut, you've got bigger problems to think yeah. about. If, yes. if you're that concerned over that tiny yeah. amount, because it's associated, it's up to like potentially like one one point two, one point five kilos. I've seen in studies, but like that's like a mean. So like some people don't yeah. even get that anyway. Yeah. So I, I always say to guys like if you're that concerned about taking your creatine out. Mm. But you wake up, then you you've got bigger issues to worry about. I think you know, like this is just purely from um, me. I guess my view on it is it's not uh, I think research based, but it, I find that with the creatine, um, people gaining like weight from it is 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 not common. Like anything, where, and if it does, it usually yeah. dissipates within like yeah. you know, I mean like a week a week or so, whatever the case may yeah. be. I think, um, yeah, like you said, creatine is one where people sort of freak out. I do know that like, I've used like better alanine with like a lot of the jiu-jitsu guys that I've worked with. And they're mm. like, man, man, like, like I had like, they had like, I say like an open mat where they're having like two hours of rolling. Like, man, like I'm not, I'm not getting that lactic acid buffer uh, build up. Sorry. That anywhere close to like what it was before. And I'm like, yeah. And it is and, like it, with supplements, I guess everyone associates like cost with effectiveness yeah 
like they've got this thing. Oh, if this like you see that um, there's a company in Australia called ATP, and they literally just flog these overpriced. I think I've seen didn't Jackson Chaos do like a, 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 a in a review. So they they yeah, actually, they actually had to come out and make public apologies. <laughs> For like a large percentage of the stuff they sell and they've also had to they uh i'm not sure it wouldn't be the fda or whatever the governing bodies in australia has come out and said look you actually need to take half this shit off the shelves because it's like they had they made it they claim that they've got a supplement that helps with thyroid function and it's not pharmaceutical it's, a, it's just a fucking supplement over the counter so like it, it's people and they had another one called gut right um which was essentially like a gut reset whatever you want to call it and then it has like dietary guidelines on the back like oh you got to eat like this to and it's like man you're gonna have positive effects just from the diet side of things like me all you're really doing is just like shitting everything out so people and when when i I mean obviously with people i work with um slightly different to you but they're like oh what supplements should i be taking i'm like okay well let's keep it really simple protein powder if it's going to make things easier for you creatine monohydrate um obviously to allow you to generate more power and obviously it's just going to be beneficial across the board um better alanine if you're doing like high intensity stuff and then like i use carb powders purely because it makes it easier yeah to get like high higher intake of carbohydrates across especially for people who are um you know i mean i've got some clients that are up around a thousand grams of carbs a day so <laughs> we've got we got to do what we got to do but and then people are like oh but all this stuff's really cheap but <clears throat> yeah because I, I use if you had a bulk nutrients yeah yeah so bulk nutrients is sort of my go-to man because they're aussie owned uh there's no fancy packaging there's no like extra like cost because of the flavors or any sort of stuff it's just really basic stuff and people are oh but this stuff's really cheap i'm like yeah well it's not supposed to be expensive when you're not getting in all these extra bullshit ingredients it does seem to be pretty cheap i mean um but i mean it's one of those things where people like you say it's they see these big price tags and then they see like the athlete going, oh, I use this stuff when they've never ever used the product they're trying to sell sort of thing. Like, Yeah, it was um, crazy when the guy was like, oh yeah, I've got to do the X amount of posts and then he's got like him holding like this. I can't remember what drink it was. It was something to do, like a probiotic, I think. But then I read the back of it and it was just like, there's no, like the, it, it clearly doesn't, it doesn't work. It's just like yeah. shit. And then I get it. But like most people just get like because people so I think sometimes I forget and you you might feel the same but like when you when you've studied this and and you've learned about it you forget that you know a lot more than like the general person yeah. and like and when you're when you're you're hearing that they're taking this and you're like wow, wow I can't believe they're taking this and like but you forget that they know absolutely nothing about it and um yeah. And yeah, it's just it's just educating, and I, I yeah, so I try and make it as, as simple as possible. If you can have that, but if you if you're not taking it, look, it's not gonna it's not gonna take you. Betalanine's not gonna suddenly just go boom. You're gonna be like fifty percent better when you're training, like yeah, you know, you know five 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 ten percent most of the time. And like a, yeah. a lot of the betalanine stuff, like my two dissertations are actually on sodium bicarb, so yeah. pretty similar kind of um, supplement. Um, tastes a lot worse than be sounding like. Um, yes, have, yes, you ever, have you ever have you ever, have you ever, have you ever have you had bicarb before? Yeah, yeah, it's not nice. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I that I was in that for like two years. That space of like, yeah, yeah. I had so many guys taking it. We did like a, we did the effects of bicarb on repeated sprint ability. 
So yeah. they took bicarb and then what the, the research was typically like you take it 60 minutes before exercise, 60 to 90 minutes before exercise. Yeah. But we were doing it based on the blood pH and the blood bicarb concentration. So they were taking it. They came in for one session, took it. And then we were taking bloods every 10 minutes to see what the peak bicarb concentration is. Yeah. And say I was like 45 minutes. That's when they take it before exercise. And yeah. some guys are 20 minutes. And we did that, but on oh, that drink is horrendous. Like yeah. people ask me about it now because it's on my website. I've got like two, both of my dissertations got published. And people ask me, like, what do you think of the Italian sodium bicarb? I was like, look, I'll be honest with you. It's it's it takes like absolute shit. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. But it's still the catch twenty two because like I like just like it's good to like know that you've got research and stuff. Yeah. But it's like at the same time, I was like, would I recommend it to anyone? I probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like there's there's things that I would in a best case scenario recommend to people, but them actually doing it or whether they're going to do it or whether yeah. it's feasible to do it. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I like, I know I've got one client in particular who is on like shit ton of carbohydrates. Like I say, a thousand grams a day and the only way is under yeah. kilo. So he's five, 5,600 calories or whatever the hell he's on. And um, just to play on the safe side, and this, this is a guy that's come through and was like, Look, man, like I, I want you, to, I want this to be like the whole hog. I want to do like all the like the data collection. I want to do like it, like he was one of those best case scenarios. Um, well, that's what I said, what I said best case scenarios, but he was one of those more advanced scenarios where he wanted to do everything. And he's like, what more can I be doing? So like he's got, he's getting bloods done every three months, and he's doing this and he's doing that. He's doing he's giving me blood weekly blood pressure ratings. So now we've got been testing blood glucose, oh. mastered, just to see like where he's sitting. Obviously, because he's ingesting such a incredibly yeah. large amount of carbohydrates but like as you say like it's cool it's cool having that data but getting someone to prick their finger a couple of times yeah. a week and do their blood yeah, blood glucose testing is just, is just not um, real world um scenario like well, it's the same thing with like with like sodium like with, with sweat sodium and um, losses during exercise like to really get like sports drinks I don't ha- don't have like a good amount of electrolytes in, but to get the real amount of recommend recommended electrolytes back in, you'd be drinking that's something that tastes like seawater. Yeah, like, a, yeah. Lot, a lot of times get there. So like, it's sort of like, what what where are you gonna go? Are you gonna do the real like recommendations, or are you gonna go like a little bit less than that kind of thing and well, have something was, which is enjoyable? Well, that was like like you know, using hydrolyte as an example, and then when it says on it says on the back of the pack, it's like for heavy dehydration, it's like twenty four tablets in like four hours. Yeah, and I'm like, holy crap, that would literally taste like absolute shit. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I love I love salty stuff, but fuck, man, that would that'd be terrible. Like, it'd be absolutely horrendous trying to get that much in. But um, I think um, just as a default, when I had guys that were like obviously combat athletes, I was going to basically, okay, what I want you to do when you walk in the gym is I want you to jump on the scales and whatever you weigh at start, whatever you weigh at the end, say for instance, you've lost, I don't know, 1.2 kilos. Yeah, I want you to get around like 1.2 liters of fluids in with like a fairly decent electrolyte balance in that 1.2, like fairly close to training time because I found that, especially Australia, and like you said, it's like in the middle of summer, you sweating yeah. your ass off in the gym, especially jits, man. Like I... Um, we did a, like um open mat session and you look in there and there's just this haze of steam in the gym <laughs> and it, it is i think it's just one of those 
mean, most fighters know they need to drink water, but very few have an understanding of, I guess, rehydration, um, even generally just like pre and post training session hydration rather than, um, I mean, fight camp hydration. Like I saw uh, when John Wayne Parr tried doing his, was it his first one, um, was it 1FC or whatever he did where he, where he missed the hydration test? Did you see that? I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure. I think it was uh, John, you know, John went part of Aussie Muay Thai. So he, uh, he picked up a fight. I think it was like Singapore or wherever, wherever he was for uh, this fight. And um, one, uh, one, is it, is it one FC? The fight championship? One championship. Yeah, one championship. They've got a, like a hydration test. Yeah. yeah, So it's not just making weight. You have to make weight at a certain level of hydration. And he's missed this by miles. Like he, I think it was like 76 kilo that he was supposed to fight at. And he ended, by the time he was hydrated, he was 82. So like they, they made him obviously keep drinking more water, keep drinking more water, come back and see us, yeah. come back and see us, come back and see us. And he ended up losing 50% of his fight purse straight yeah. away because um, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, And I think that's um, probably one of the smartest things I've seen a fight promoter do I've got mixed thing on the one channel. Yeah. I actually got a couple of guys and one. The only thing with that is you can sort of cheat it if you really want to. This sounds really bad saying it on, on, on the podcast, but like you really wanted to manipulate it. You could like you could lose a little bit more weight. So you've got to make the hydration test. Mm-hmm. You can lose a little bit more weight mm-hmm. and then just drink your water and like your electrolyte yeah. balance. You pass the hydration test because you're yeah. Yeah. so like. In a way, I don't get me wrong. I think it's it's good that they're trying to promote, but like you can still manipulate it if you want, yeah. if, you, if you really wanted to. Um, but yeah, like yeah, it's all the it's all the mixed things and that. But it's definitely like a step in the right direction to yeah. go for. But I've I've only had I've only had one guy do the um these four and one championships. So it was quite it was quite interesting to see like what the process was because I think it was the Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday, and then he fought on the Friday. Yeah. He had to pass two, but luckily he was he was in and around yeah. his weight anyway. But it'd be interesting yeah. to see someone who was really had to cut like a fair amount of weight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how, how they do. But I, I don't think I don't I couldn't imagine the UFC doing that any and anything like that anytime soon, only because you've got the UFC PI now. And I think since they've got that, yeah, they've sort of the people missing weight sort of stopped a lot because they they've got the fighters have got the opportunity to go to like the PI yeah. on fight or and train and get all the nutrition sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, definitely like a step in the right direction. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is, is always sort of looking for is um, steps in the right direction so that obviously it makes people like less inclined to do silly shit to make weight for fights and stuff like that. Like you, yeah. you see some, um, what's it called? Um, some people doing uh, these fight camps sort of thing and they're cutting like astronomical amounts of weight. It's just, it's not healthy. It's not performance based. And that's why I don't understand why so many people let themselves get so far out of shape outside of fight camp and then try and pull it, like pull in like 15 to one up to 20 kilos to make weight. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's um, especially like, I always try and encourage like to do a bit of like a reverse diet once you finished, um, once you competed, but a lot of the times, like the guys have fought, and I can understand as well because 
he fought, they may have lost. So psychologically, they're like, I don't want to die in, like I just want to fuck it. And like, I'm going to go on Aldi for a few days. Or I'm going to go and eat yeah. whatever. So I can on, but I do definitely try and cut. It's like, look, like, have a yeah. week off, try and get back to it. Yeah. Um, I like a, a bit of dates at the moment. So we're a guy that I've got at home. Um, he fights at Cage Warriors, so a bit of European MMA organization. And he fights at uh, February. So what we've done post-fight, we've, we've slowly doing a bit of a reverse diet in each week. Mm. And he's only, he's gone from fighting at 66. And now he's, he's only 75. And we've just got increased his calories up. Each day. He's on, he's on nearly 4,000 calories now. And yeah. he's, and he's still sitting around the center. But if someone did it a different way, they'd be like 80, yeah. <laughs> 80 kilos. Yeah. And it's like, it's just educating them to do that. And like, yeah. if you really want longevity in the sport, like doing them yo-yo diets, like time again, it's yeah. just like it's not good. Like, and it's people. I don't know if you've seen. I've heard of the fighter Paddy the Body. He's from oh Liverpool. Jesus! Yeah. I mean, Man, he, so blows seen, like, seen, he blows up. But like, I see people who are following me Instagram fighters, and they think it's like, oh yeah, he's funny. Like, and like, it's it's straight. I, I've got like mixed views on it because like, yeah, it's good. He, he blooms up. It's funny and stuff. But like. He's gonna he's gonna struggle in a few years. He's gonna really if he's fighting a lightweight, he's mm. gonna really struggle to make that weight because like yeah, and the crazy thing is as well, he works with like mm. some of the top guys in the area of combat sports research because yeah. Liverpool John Moore's uni, yeah. um Carl Langan Evans, like these are like top and he, he works with them and like I I I can't imagine they're like, yeah, go and do that. They must be sitting there like, what is he doing? Like and it's do, crazy. You, do you think it's some of that, that just that young lad mentality of like I'm just gonna fucking wing it? And, and, yeah. But he's he's not even that young. Cause I I, not, like I used to train in this gym. He's he's like he's like twenty eight. I think he's like twenty seven. So he's not like that young. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. we obviously like, like like you were saying before. Obviously with these guys that want to be like the best. Like not like just okay he competing you see, but like the best. Sooner or later he's gonna have to dial that in. And yeah. to ring that last like one or two percent out of his ability to obviously perform because well, I can't imagine the, the weight cut that he would go through would be uh, very good for performance output. Like he, yeah. he seems to have good gas in the tank, man. Like I'm not going to say anything negative about him because he seems to be doing. Oh yeah, he's 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 a, he's a, he's, a, he's, an, he's an awesome he's an awesome fighter. Like yeah, but yeah, just looking at it from like a nutrition standpoint, you could just look and think, oh, like that's going to be like. Doing that again, and then he's doing that again. Yeah. Have you have you ever have you read the study um, about? It's actually on him. It's about it's a case study, and he did. Um, I think he had to lose something like, I think it was like fifteen kilos, and then the last week he had to lose like seven, mm-hmm. and like he tested his his blood sodium, and then his testosterone, and his testosterone was the lowest recorded testosterone. Yeah. on literature and that was actually him it was because it was a John Liverpool John Moore's uni study it was actually yeah. based on him two years ago I was like it's crazy to think like doing them kind of weight cuts and, and seeing them numbers it's like scared like he was close to he was like close to death pretty much yeah they're going to end further and like yeah I, I can I can understand it at the same time though where they've won big event UFC London big crowds I was like yeah I want to go and I want to go and dream myself and yeah. eat food I, I I do get that, but then as you said, if you want to be like the best of the best and like really be the like, there's got to be a point where you got to dial in. Like for example, like Jack Della, like he is like top professional. He, he like he walks around decent. He walks out, out fight camp 
he's, yeah, he's got like ten percent body fat out of camp. He's like, he's yeah. just a beast. Like he looks after his body, does all the recovery stuff, and like he's someone who's like, who's, who's dialed in, and like that's the kind of person where they're gonna, you know, hopefully they're gonna make it to, the, they're gonna be the top top level because yeah. they, they look after themselves the whole year round. Yeah. Or you, could, or you could be like John Jones and just snort rack in the off season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah it, 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 it is, man. And like you look at, um, like prime example, like I guess one of, um, of imagine what could have been. You look at someone like Mike Tyson, who yeah. genetic elite, like arguably one of the best boxers in history, one of the most power, like biggest power punches. And as soon as that fight camp was over, it was like fucking cocaine and hookers yeah. and everything else under the sun you imagine what would happen if he had someone like, like yourself or like geordie or whatever helping them with like nutrition the whole way through imagine what else they could be capable of yeah um, i mean like i used to um years and years and years and years ago in thailand i met this guy who's a polish dude who was training out of tiger and um he was like a pack a day smoker like like Marlboro Reds, like pack a day smoke, yeah. like, like fucking, and then he just walk out of the gym, light up a smoke in between sparring rounds and then just go back in and like punch holes through everyone for like rounds on yeah. rounds. And it's like, fuck man, like, but I think it is, you do, you do have those people who like the genetic elite, like obviously Anderson Silva and John Jones and like yeah. people like that who just are at the top of their game. It's like, you imagine what more they could be if um, they, they obviously started looking at nutrition and supplementation and all those sort of things. And I think you look at all these people that sort of started in the UFC or started in um, Muay Thai or boxing 20 years ago. Mm. Imagine what would happen if they started now, like fast yeah. forward, they started now, like at that same age of what, what could be um, capable or possible with those sort of um, positive aspects in their training or the nutrition or whatever the case may be. But um, Yeah, 100%, especially like, with the like the US CPI, like you've got she so go so when Jack had his debut, I contacted the picks. They flying out and like I was doing his nutrition up until he went and like like I need to contact the guys at the PI. So I messaged one of them. I was like, look, blah blah blah, told them the data, and they just done everything, all the meals from um all the all the macros, literally everything, and they like, kept me up to date with all the data. And I was like, like it was it was just like top level stuff. And it's like, you know, if that was if if they had that thing in, in Muay Thai or boxing like mm. all these guys wouldn't be missing weight but then I suppose at the same time the UFC is where, where the money is so that's probably yeah. why the because you know one champion so I think there's a thing like one championship is actually the, the fighters get paid more than the UFC they get yeah. paid more um, but yeah just the UFC is just a big a bigger brand so um do you like, think? Do you think on that note, obviously with UFC pays and pays much, do you think they don't get paid as much, or do you think this is a factor with how much money is invested into them? Yeah, because <laughs> I can't imagine good. that pre that pre fight week being cheap to facilitate for everyone. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because because they, they get all yeah, supposed to get all the accommodation and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really, not too sure about that because. I know one championship they 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 put them up and stuff, but I think the, the good thing about one championship is is they have events where it's an MMA event, a kickboxing mm. event, a Muay Thai event, all on the same card. Yeah. So I think the three sports, it's sort of 
I won't say better. I don't want to say better, but like it, there's three combat sports in one event, which is pretty yeah. cool to watch. Like, um, well, I guess you're pulling pull the, the three different demographics of fight sports. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, and I think um, they're really trying to push push into America now, one championship and stuff yeah. like that. And um, you know, there's a the, there's a bigger roster of fighters. So if there's three different sports, you'd, you'd think there'd be more yeah. more fighters on on the roster. But um, yeah, if they like say like boxing, but I suppose, I suppose with USC because it's one organization with difference like boxing because like the it's the WBA, the WBO, the IBF, yeah. like. It's all different organizations, so it'd be quite it's difficult like to get kind of like one boxing like yeah. performance institute. But um I think definitely like even like with the research, you look at the research now, like like so much research popping on like you would have thought like there'd be a water loading study, like that's yeah, and that's in yeah, now sure. and you know, salt baths, you know, you know, Epsom salt bath and weight cutting and stuff like that. Like all these studies now are coming out, and like it'd be, it's it's really cool to see like. In a few years' time, what else is going to be coming out? Like, like I try and think in my head, like, what would be a cool thing to study? Like, what what I do in my job, like, what would be interesting to see? Like, that's probably going to come out in a few years' time. Like, that's the, yeah. that's a really cool thing about it. And I think, obviously, like you say, that's that's the cool aspect of it all is that it's, it's evolving and it's people putting time and effort and money and all this sort of stuff yeah. into it. Like, like I know I'm not sure if you've had much to do with Jackson Pios um, before, um, but Jackson ran the biggest diet break research study ever yes, yeah. for his PhD thesis. And uh, you know what I mean? It's not, you never ever would have got that approved yeah. years ago because it just wasn't an interest. But now like, and I think um, off the back of like, um, I mean, as, as you know, as you know, most, most research studies for PhDs and all that sort of stuff are usually only approved for things like cancer, diabetes, uh, yeah. fetal alcohol syndrome, all that sort of stuff. Whereas now, because there's a direct link, because of obviously like CTE and things like that, like concussion, there's obviously now like a, cup, a crossover, so to speak. But, um, and because the supplement industry has got so much money behind it, like there's, yeah. I think it's in people's best interest to obviously fund these sort of things to like prove because it, I guess when you can show the research from certain supplements, that are having an effect in, in an avenue of say like um, combat sports, it will, people will be taking it more seriously. Um, yeah. But I, in saying that though, there's the general public can't see a difference between the scientific jargon on the side of the container and the scientific yeah. jargon that either me or you are spewing out. So it is, yeah. it is uh, an uphill battle trying to convince people that like they don't need their multi-flavored BCAs and their fat burners and their test boosters and, I think someone brought up the other day asking me like about that Turkesterone fucking supplement. Have you heard of that one? So what was it again? It, uh, Turkesterone. Something like that. So it's heard it before. So essentially, from what I read in the research, it's a form of steroid in anthropods that's responsible for like exoskeleton shedding. So essentially bug steroids. Like <laughs> And there's like absolutely like zero research showing that it's beneficial. Like there was some beneficiality in like mammals of some sort, but like very minuscule. But essentially, yeah. it's people taking bug steroids and like, like fuck me, like and and, it, and to be totally honest, it wasn't that hard to find the research to like yeah. disprove all these claims of these sub stores. But um, 
I do know that the, the sup industry in Australia is probably going to get turned on its head in the next year or so because they are going to try and make people have their supplements, I guess, um, approved and like in an in a in like with the informed sports, yeah, like yeah, in, a, in, a, in an independent lab that obviously um, will either deem whether it works or doesn't work, and like yeah. I think sup sup store shelves are going to look fairly bare. Um, if well, that's the one like, thing I've noticed from living in the UK to Australia. There's so many more supplement stores in Australia. Like, there's so yeah. few, like, it's crazy. Like over here, like I can like where my family live here, I can't I can't really think of that many any anywhere near where, where I live. And, like I live near, near the city. It's like, yeah. but like in Australia, like it's fucking loads. Now, do you think obviously the UK where steroids are legal? And obviously, hey, illegal. Yeah. Do you reckon that has an impact on it? Because people are like, "Well, fuck, I'm not going to go get shitty supplements, so I can just get the good shit." Um, I think partly to that, but I think also I think a difference between Australia and here is because I think I think it sounds bad, but like I think the weather plays a big part. I think because like Australia, like it's a lifestyle. Like you walk yeah. around in, in minimal clothing, yeah. like. It's a bit like even like with females as well. There's a lot more sort of pressure to look good. I think yep. in the UK because of the weather, this might be I might be completely wrong about this, but I just uh, think there's a lot less. There's a lot less sort of pressure to like you know you can wear, you can wear a coat for six months of the year. No one really yeah. needs to see what you look like. But in Australia, people go on the beach. People like there's a lot more like yeah, yeah a lot more. No, I, no, I definitely understand. I mean, obviously it, it, with Australia, the, it's become trendy to be into the fitness scene, like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you've got like, I mean, you've got the girls coming in with the, like the, the fancy gym bag, Lawn and Jane gym bag with the fat burners and the BCAs and yeah. fucking booty bands and all that sort of shit that people are yeah. convinced they need to buy. And I yeah. think it is, man, like every second person's a fitness influencer with their Yeah, that's what, that's what I've noticed a lot. Like, and they're about they're by City Beach and they're getting photo, they're photo shoots and like, like, yeah, yeah it seems like a lot more like, yeah, so like use, use my discount code for my women's fat burning protein powder <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. And I think obviously that does play a big, a big part in um, just the general industry in, in, in Australia. And like, I'm sure Queensland would be way worse than WA because it's like, I guess way more glossy, I guess you'd call it. Like obviously everyone's got to have that image. But yeah, I think then um, I always remember years ago, one of the guys that um, there used to be a supplement store salesman guy that I, I got roped into when I was a kid and um, I think I was like 14 and he literally would look like a used car salesman then, like black slacks, <laughs> tight bonzy shirts, slick back black hair, gold chains, the whole lot. Like, And um, he's like, yeah, man, you need like all these different protein powders and like all this sort of shit. And like, it's just like, fuck it, I can't really bought into that. But it is, man, I think, and it's even worse now because you've got like, I mean, Joe blogs with a six pack saying, okay, oh, you need, you need X, Y, Z supplement that I take to look like I do. And then yeah. um, it's, it's easy to sell hope to people that want to look like that, like, which yeah, is definitely. unfortunate, but um, it is. And then well, I think as well, sorry, um, I think as well with the, this, there's a lot more gym. I found there's a lot more gyms in Australia in a closer vicinity than the UK as well. Like yeah. you can yeah, go yeah. to like, like, for example, I live up by um, Mullaloo, so like Currambine Central, yeah. so far, and there's like six gyms in the space of like on the same block. It's like 
it's crazy how, how many yeah. gyms are all in the close vicinity. It's like I don't like yeah, it blows my mind when I see that. Like here, you just you'll get one one gym in the area and that's it. Yeah. In the space, like you know, four or five K. See, I reckon you'd have like I'm down Rockingham way, and um I reckon you'd have from Rockingham to like say Port Kennedy, which is like I guess suburb or two away, you'd have 30. Yeah. 30 to 30, 40 gyms, including like boxes and CrossFit boxes and F45s and stuff like there'd be at least 30 to 40 minutes. Nuts. Crazy, isn't it? Like, and, I, like I'm I'm down at gold, so like our gym obviously sort of stands out a bit from the rest because obviously the yeah. size and the, and the name. Um but it, you see these gyms popping up left, right, and center in Australia. That's like so much more uh, prevalent here. But like you say, it all feeds back in that lifestyle. It's people trying to, uh, I guess, buy into it financially because there's, yeah. I guess, there's money to be made or whatever they think. But yeah. I mean, you, you know what it's like. Gym, some gyms may open, but they don't stay open. So there's yeah. a big difference between being successful and just being open. So, but, especially um, the chains as well. Like you see, like. You know, like the any times and the jets and something it's like, like in the vicinity of like five six k. There's about ten of them. It's like yeah. I, I, I don't I don't I don't know about how the gym sort of stuff. It's like I don't know like how they how they make any money. Like it's just yeah. like that many. It's crazy. But as you said, like a lot of them don't stay open very long. Yeah, I think it's a lot of those gyms like the any times and stuff like that. Like that have like I guess people train at any time because they perceive it to be like I guess a beginner's gym or whatever the case may yeah. be. So you'd have like, and I'm, I know this is a statistic from nearly all gyms that you've got like up to thirty to forty percent of gyms don't even go. Yeah. So like, and that's like, could be I don't know they've signed up and they've, they've lost interest or they can't be bothered going and cancelling or they're too busy or whatever it is. But so you I mean for a lot of gym members, a large chunk of their income is coming from people who don't even set foot in their gym, and um, uh-huh. which is, is nuts. But it's it's true, man. Like I, I remember at one point I had like six different gym memberships. Just because I'd, I'd occasionally train with mates in certain suburbs, like I don't know, like South Perth or you know, what I mean, Applecross. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'll get a membership at the gym, like just so I don't have to pay casual every time. And then you work out you're actually paying way more because you only go like once in the blue moon. But yeah, it's nuts. Um, I guess on the note, man, I'll let you go because I don't want to waste too much of your time. I know you're a busy man, but um, if people want to find you or find your services or what you do, what's their best option to find you? It's probably better reaching out to me on social media because that's where I'm, I'm mostly at. So condition.nutrition, probably the first person that pops up, Peter Miller. Um, and yeah, if you, you want to ask any questions, want to inquire about anything, just, just drop me a message. I'm pretty quick to respond. And um, yeah, it's probably the best way to get hold of me. So easy, man. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much. No worries, mate. Talk to you soon. Thank you.